Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you're excited to jump into the Word of God today. I have a lot of slides. It's probably, God bless our pro presenter back there, my son, River Josiah. And uh, he's going to do his best to follow along his dad. And I'm going to do my best to stay on my notes so that he's not wondering, where did he go? Where did he go? Uh, But we're going to jump into the Word of God today. I'm going to pray, and then let's dive into it, shall we? Lord, we thank you for your Word. I thank you that your Word is life. Jesus, I thank you that no matter what's going on in the world, we can have peace that surpasses all understanding, and that your peace that you give to us will guard our hearts and our minds. And so, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for encouragement that comes from your Word. God, I thank you for challenging, convicting, and equipping us today in your word. So Lord, we just say, come and have your way. Like we sang this morning, God, we pray, come and have your way. God, in Jesus' name, God, would you give us eyes to see something we never saw before? Give us ears to hear something we never heard or didn't understand before. Give us minds that understand. Give us fresh revelation. And God, I pray for hearts to believe in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I'm excited to share with you today a, a topic that I am very, very passionate about. About For a number of years ago, I was introduced to some studies on end times, Bible prophecy, and things like that, and I was fascinated by it. And I think there's probably a lot of us in this room that you look around at what's going on in the world, and you're kind of wondering, uh, is the end near? <laughs> you know, has anybody had that thought? It's like, you know, there, there was a guy just, he's not even a believer, and he's like, this looks like the apocalypse. And it's like, no, it's not yet, but brother, you're on to something, you know. And so uh, we're going to dive in today into, into the scriptures, and let's just see what the word says, and we're going to let the Bible interpret the Bible. And we're going to let God's opinion uh, supersede our opinions. And we're going to jump in, and we're just going to take a look at some things. You know, it says in First Chronicles 12.32, the men of Issachar, that there were about 200 leaders. When David gets uh, it put in, he's installed as king, all the tribes came over to him. And this tribe had 4,000, and this tribe 8,000, and this tribe 12,000. And then there's this little tribe that only had 200 men that came. But they were very important men, because it says the men of Issachar... There were 200 leaders, and these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course of action for Israel to take. So the day and the hour that we're living in, we need to understand the hour in which we are living, and then we need to know what to do. Amen? So I'm praying that there's going to be a spirit that was that spirit that was on that tribe of Issachar, that that's going to come on us as well, that you will know the, the times that we're living in and that you'll also know what to do. So Bible prophecy. So let me just start with this, because some people, when they hear Bible prophecy, they're like this, you know, they're like uh, exit stage, right? Honey, go get the car. Uh, where do we go? Right. Uh, because to some, it sounds kind of odd. And I understand it sounds odd or it sounds weird, but it also sounded odd and weird that a a savior would be born in a manger. It also kind of sounded odd and weird that wise men would come from the east and bow down and worship a baby. It also sounded odd and weird that a man had to go to a cross and die a death that he didn't deserve to give you and I what we didn't deserve. All that sounds odd and weird, but it happened. 
It really happened. And the things that the Bible foretold about that's happening, we're seeing play out right now around us, the Bible actually talked about 2,000, 3,000 years ago. So some of it's gonna seem a little bit uncomfortable, and that's okay. I, I kind of made, made a, an agreement with God. It's like, hey, I'll be comfortably uncomfortable for the rest of my life if you're leading me, okay? It's like, I, I, want, I, want, I want to have the close relationship with God where he just has to like whisper, hey, Jeff, go do this. And it's like, and he just knows. That's, I know he would do it. I know he would do it. Like, that's the relationship I want to have with God. I want to take him at his word, but I want to study his word and show myself approved, and I want to be able to teach and instruct and help people. So the Bible, Bible prophecy, when you read it, it's not meant to scare you, Okay. It's actually meant to comfort you if you're a believer. If you're a believer in Christ, Bible, all Bible prophecy is meant to comfort the believer, but it is to serve as a warning for those that don't believe. It's meant to be a warning to say, hey, you should take a look at what's going on here. Hey, take a look at what Jesus said here. Hey, take a look. This was actually foretold about many, many years ago actually in the Bible. And the fact that the Bible actually records it and speaks of future events in such detail, the way that it has, tells us that the Word of God is the Word of God, right? So we can stand strong on that. So followers of Jesus, it's gonna be a comforting message. Those that are seeking answers, maybe you're here in this room and you're, you're kinda new to faith or you're still kinda wrestling with the whole idea of Christianity, that's cool too. Jesus loved bringing everybody around him and then telling him, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he would share a story and, and tell a parable to show them where they could understand, where their understanding was at so that they could grab a hold of it and attach it. So he would go to another place and he'd say, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he was giving them something to hold on to. Today, as I share, I'm gonna share about what's going on in the world and I wanna give you something that you can hold on to that you can stand strong with for the days to come. Amen? All right. So, um, Theological terms. Let me just give you a few theological terms that you may not be aware of, um, and I'm not trying to do this to sound smart or anything like that. I've been around and heard those guys, and they're very intelligent and amazing. I'm, also, I'm, I'm primarily just sharing this with you because I understand that many of us are new to faith, and I just want to give you some context of them, some things because I'm going to share and highlight a few of these that I'm gonna give def definition on right now. So the first one is Christology. Christology is basically, it's the study of Jesus the Messiah, pre-incarnate, life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement, Christology. The second theological term I wanna throw out today is pneumatology. Pneumatology, put simply, is the study of the Holy Spirit. Pneuma means breath, right? And so it's, it's the breath of God, it's the Spirit of God. Uh, by the way, Paul said, Later on, he, he, when he started his ministry, we read in Acts 19 where he's, he's arguing with them in the synagogues and they chase him out. And then he goes and he rents a school of Tyrannus and, 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 uh, and he rents it for two years. And he would explain the scriptures to these people for two years as he's, as he's planting the church there. And he was arguing, he was answering questions and different things. Later on, so that was like apologetics, Paul, right? Later on, Paul said, you know what? I don't wanna come with, them, with persuasive words anymore. I'm just gonna come with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's great to have apologetics and I'm all for that. I'm all for if somebody needs answers, if you got questions in your mind that you need answers for, go ask those questions. Get those answers. If, 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 it's, in your, if it's in your brain and you start wondering, what does God mean by X, Y, Z? Or how does this relate? That's the Holy Spirit leading you on a beautiful wild goose chase where he's gonna lead you right to some amazing revelation and gem that you're gonna be able to hold on to. That's typically how it goes with God is you get a thought that's just kinda like, I wonder this. 
And then that's the Holy Spirit going, you didn't wonder that. I'm trying to get you to wonder that because I got something for you to discover and not just wonder, right? So pneumatology. And then you have ecclesiology, which is the, the study of the church, her purpose, function, um, biblical growth models, etc. And then you have what we're going to really camp out on most of today, which is eschatology, the study of the end times. So eschatology, if you hear that word, eschatology is simply the study of the end times. Um, I was turned on to a teaching uh, regarding the end times and uh, many, many years ago, and it just fascinated me. And I believe there's some people in this room, it probably fascinates you too. And if it fascinates you, a lot of times it's because God's going to raise you up and all that fascination and the study and the wonderment that you had and led to discovery, God's going to allow you to be a voice to the people that don't really understand and they need somebody who's going to be able to speak up. Because Jesus said in the last days, there's going to be many that come and they're going to claim that I am he and this, that, and the other. And they're going to go, did you not see? Did you not see? Did you not hear? And the people of understanding are going to go, no, 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 that's, that's actually not. That's false. That's a fake God, little g. The God, big G, actually says X, Y, Z, right? So God, Jesus is going to put that on you. So some of you, if you have a passion for this, I want to encourage you to dive more into it. And uh, we are so blessed in this church. We have a group that gets together every Saturday morning that's led by Jody Crana. Jody, raise your hand. Jody leads an incredible group, on, uh, and they're studying the book of Revelation. So if you want to dive even deeper than what I'm sharing with you today, you can find Jody after service, and she'd be glad to speak with you and, and share with you the times and meeting spots and all that kind of jazz. So the current events, what you see going on in the world is bananas. I said uh, a few weeks ago, I was like, man, I would not be surprised if I saw a pig fly by my window as I'm driving down the road, right? I mean, it's just like... What is happening? And, and once you think you couldn't be surprised anymore, boom, something crazy goes on with the government or this nation or that, and you're like, I didn't see that coming. All right, I didn't see that coming. Well, today we're going to dive into some of that. But at current events of this world, um, it's good to laugh at different times, but how many know it's actually really serious what's happening, right? We have friends that are over in Ukraine and, and have uh, uh, churches and pastors and leaders and friends of family uh, that are over in Ukraine, and some of them have been taken. They haven't heard from them for weeks. We're praying that they're still alive, but it's serious what's going on over there. We have friends that live in Israel, some incredible ministry partners uh, that we help to support and churches that we've helped to support. In fact, last year when there was some bombings that came near the Gaza Strip, there's a pastor that Fawn and I had met that we had a relationship with, and you all raised a bunch of money, and we sent it over there to help that pastor go and bless people in the name of Jesus, and he was blessing the Palestinians and the Jews and the Christians, bringing them food, water, helping them with shelter, and rebuilding, and the city was, the religious leaders of the city were blocking them from being able to purchase a building simply because they came in the name of Yeshua, and then somebody helped them uh, through a series of donations help them to be able to get into building that they could purchase right in the middle of all the craziness near the Gaza Strip so that they could be a light for Jesus. But you guys helped with that. Um, but the current events that we have going on, uh, evil's being called good. You saw that in recent, uh, in recent news and everything that's going on with the craziness of things that are being voted on in our legislature in, in, uh, in California. Russia right now at war with Ukraine. You have China on the doorstep of making a move to take over Taiwan. Uh, just about a month ago, they were flying their jets over Taiwan airspace as kind of a sign, like, don't mess with us. And then uh, you have Iran that's been building up fortif for fortifications with its allies against Israel on their northern border. And then you have a inflation at an all-time high. There's food shortages right now on the shelves, famines, earthquakes, sickness, and death. 
There's a, it's a unique coincidence that just recently somebody sent me an article that over the last few months, there's been uh, like major food processing plants in the United States have mysteriously been blown up. And so we were seeing this stuff play out. You can go and do the research on your own and I'm happy to provide you any of mine if, you, if you'd like that, if you have any questions on that. But um, I, wanna, I wanna share with us today some of the shocking things that you may know or not know but then I also, the good news is, I'm gonna give you the method of peace, okay? So it's not just, it's, trust me, it's just, I know what I just read, it's like, uh, I need an Advil, right? You know, so, <laughs> but, but I wanna give you the peace because you and I, as followers of Christ, as uh, standard bearers, we're, we're supposed to be image bearers of God to this world and to the people of this world. You and I need to stand strong and keep our heads when the world loses its mind. And so we're gonna go through this and then we're gonna jump into, at the end, I'm gonna share just some practical ways how to walk in peace in this hour. Jesus said in John 14, 27, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. So the peace Jesus walked in. And how many know Jesus was never stressed out? Like he was never in a hurry. Uh, we don't really see him having any angst until he was going to the cross. But up until that time, Jesus was the most chill dude on the planet, man. He was never in a hurry. Somebody died that was close to him, and he's like, that's cool. And they're like, well, he, he, but he needs you. Jesus is like, well, let's have dinner. And then, and then the next morning, let's have breakfast. And everybody's like, Jesus, is it time to go yet? Your, your friend Lazarus is dead. Jesus is like, let's have another dinner tonight, right? If I did that as your pastor, you would fire me, right? You know, like, you know, like, sorry, uh, let's just have dinner. Let's just chill. I'm going to go to the beach today. Like, what? You know, that Jesus was just so chill, man. He was just so chill. He had that peace. And he's saying, the peace I have, I'm actually going to give you that peace. So that's what he does. And the Bible predicted much of what we're experiencing now. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but a third of the Bible is actually prophecy. A third of the Bible. A third of the Bible is actually prophecy. Half of Bible prophecy actually pertains to the end times. So a third of your entire Bible, take out that pizza pie, a third of the Bible is prophecy, and half of the prophecy actually concerns end times. The only one who can foretell the future is the one who holds it and the one who wrote it and is writing it, right? And so to understand the end, we have to understand a little bit about the beginning. Now, the first two chapters of the Bible, if you read the Bible, it pertains to man and woman coming together, marriage, paradise, everything's great. The last two chapters of the Bible talk about a wedding as well, and it pertains to us and Jesus, right? There's a marriage, there's a marriage in heaven, and it pertains to us in terms of living for all of eternity in paradise with him. So again, all Bible prophecy is meant to encourage the believers and serve as a warning to the unbelievers. First Peter 3.15 says this, that always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Why do you have hope? If somebody says, why are you so happy? What is this hope? How do you have such peace? You should be able to, at the drop of a hat in a moment's notice, be prepared to give that answer. If you don't have that answer, I'm gonna tell you the answer that I hold on to as we conclude the message later today. But I wanna encourage you to dive in and think about that. Why do I have peace? Or why don't I have peace? If you're sitting here and you don't have that peace, ask those questions why. So I'm gonna to try to give some answers to help your faith. So the, the big question that I'm gonna to answer today, and this is gonna be a series that we're doing on current events, how to have peace in a world of war. 
Um, but the big question that I want to answer today that a lot of people are asking is, are we living in the end times? Are we living in the end times? Matthew 24, 6 through 8, let me tell you what Jesus said, okay? This is not the opinion of Jeff. This is the opinion of Jesus. This is what Jesus said. This is his words. Matthew 24, verse 6 through 8. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. By the way, when the Bible talks about nations and kingdoms, there's different. There's nations that pertain to the nationality. Kingdoms is the physical kingdom, the location, right? So we've seen, especially in this hour, there's been a lot of like issues with race, race wars and judgment and different things that are going on and people kind of clashing with each other. Jesus says nation's gonna rise against nation. There's gonna be people groups and wars against that. There's gonna be racism is what he's saying. There's gonna be kingdom against kingdom. That's nations fighting against each other. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Now, I can't speak to exactly what birth pains feel like because I never birthed any child. But my, my, my wife, she uh, had four babies naturally, all natural, right? And in natural childbirth, it just means the dad gets all the drugs. So the mom is there, you know, the dad's just sitting there with his hand being squeezed, all the life's coming out of his hand as his wife is clenching and screaming, right? And so I, I can't tell you exactly what birth pains feel like, but one thing that I notice as an expert observer of my wife having four kids is the fact that once they start, ladies, do they stop? They intensify. So Jesus said, hey, when you see this stuff, don't be alarmed. That's, it's just the beginning of the birth pains. But those birth pains only intensify. So we're seeing things intensify. So every generation of believers after Jesus, uh, after Jesus ascended into heaven, every generation has had the thought that they were living in the end times, right? People wrote books and whatever it was, like 88 Reasons Why Jesus has Come Back in 1988 or whatever it is, right? You know, all these different books that are out there and people predicting and blah, 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 blah. And every generation is thought, so what makes our generation any different? That's a, that's a logical thought. That's a good thought. Why? What makes our generation any different? Let me tell you why. Joel 3, verse 1 through 2. Joel 3, 1 says, For behold, in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my heritage, Israel. This is talking about Jewish people. Why is he gonna do that? Because they have scattered them among the nations and have divided up my land. So basically in Joel 3, God says, I'm gonna bring all the nations to this valley of Jehoshaphat. Now the valley, Jehoshaphat means Jehovah has judged. So there's this valley there, it says Jehovah has judged. So I'm gonna bring them all here to judge them. It's located between Mount Olives and the Temple Mount. According to Zechariah 14, I'm not gonna get into it today in this teaching, but when Jesus returns, his feet are gonna touch down on the Mount of Olives when he returns. And those who are, who've been raptured, that's you and I and every other believer in Christ, that we would join him in his return. And this is basically going into the Battle of Armageddon, which we're not gonna talk about today, but just kind of a precursor uh, to what we're gonna talk about next week. And so, and then you have, you have the rapture, there's the you know, seven years of the wedding feast, there's the seven years of tribulation, there's the great tribulation, which is different than just tribulation, that's the last three and a half years of the, tri of the tribulation. We're gonna get into all that in the timeline of stuff next week, so you can wait for that. So 
I'm just kind of like baiting you there. So we'll see you next week on all that stuff. Matthew 24, 32. Jesus said this. He said, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. He's talking about the end times here. He says, as soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, well, then you know summer's near. That's a really basic understanding, right? When you see that fig tree start to shoot up and the leaves going out, well, you guys, you know summer's coming, right? So also when you see these things, pertaining to wars, rumors of wars, nations, kingdoms, pestilence, famines, etc. When you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, then he makes this statement, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. This generation will not pass away until all these things take place. And then Luke 21 is the parallel scripture Dr. Luke wrote, we were just reading out of Matthew. Now we're gonna take a look at what Luke said in 2111. He says, there will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilences and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. That it's, you're gonna be able to see it all over the place. You're gonna see it in the heavens. Just like the wise men had a star that led them to the birth of Jesus, there's gonna be future stars. There's gonna be different things that are gonna happen in the sky. And so what credence is there to this period that we're living in right now of history being the end times? Well, to understand this, you gotta understand a little bit of the history of the people of Israel. So Israel's been dispossessed twice. They're the only nation to have been dispossessed twice and actually come back to become a nation. The first time was around 500 B.C., um, because of their sins, God allowed the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar to defeat the Jews and then take them captive and lead them off to Babylon. Um, when, when in Babylon, the Persian Empire rises up, right, defeats the Babylonians, so now they're Persians, and, uh, and so now the Jews are under Persian rule. And then at the end of 70 years, they were able to go back and rebuild, and they only went back from Babylon uh, from Persia when they were taken away, so they were brought back from one nation. So in Joel, when it was talking about there's gonna be many nations, in this part of history, the first dispossession, they were brought back from one nation. That's important to realize. Okay, the second time Israel was dispossessed was actually Jesus prophesied about it in, um, in, uh, in Luke 21. Uh, he prophesied it, but the second time Israel was dispossessed was in AD 70, and the Roman general Titus, he came with his army and rode into the city and defeated the Jews, killed a million of them, uh, crushed the temple on the Temple Mount. Um, it was horrific, led the Jews off, and, and that was the second time. Jesus said this was gonna happen, right? He's talking with his disciples. He's like, there's not gonna be a stone that's gonna be left unturned. Like, this is gonna happen. And about 40 years after the crucifixion, Jesus is crucified. Guess what happens? That exact same thing happened that he foretold on. And the Jews got led out. And that was from um, General Titus when he came. And then the rest fled and they get scattered and, and that was about 40 years after the crucifixion. By the way, Jesus came the first time and he's coming back a second time. A second time. He came the first time as a Passover lamb. The next time he comes, he's coming as a lion, all right? Right now you're living in the age of grace, okay? Joel 3, 1, 2, let me go back to this scripture. Uh, he says in, in verse two, he says, I will gather all the nations and and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And he says, I'm gonna enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people. So he's based, God is saying, I'm gonna judge the world, I'm gonna judge the other nations because of what they did to my children, the children of Israel, right? Because they have scattered them, 
among the nations and have divided up my land. It's very important that you understand that. So Israel, when they came back, it was May 14th, 1948, when they came back and they were recognized again as a nation. Um, when that happened, obviously, as you can imagine, there was a, a lot of disagreements about them getting that. And, uh, but May 14th is a very important date because that's the date when Israel was a nation again. And Isaiah 11, 11 through 12 says, in that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time. So this is the prophet Isaiah prophesying about Israel coming back and becoming a nation again. Okay, so Isaiah prophesied this thousands of years before Israel became a nation the second time. So Isaiah prophesied this. Isaiah had more messianic prophecies than any other prophet, right? So he prophesied all these things about the coming of Messiah, and then he talked about the end time. So he's sharing this. He said, in that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time. Why? To recover the remnant that remains of his people. And then he lists a bunch of nations and people groups. He said, from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, from the coastlands of the sea. Verse 12, he will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from where? From one nation? No, from the four corners of the earth, from all nations, okay? So the first time uh, Israel was stored, it was from one nation, the Babylonians and the Persian, right? The second time happened in 1948, and it was from all nations. Uh, right now, I, it's over 40%, it's almost 50% right now, of the Jewish population actually has returned and lives, physically lives, resides, their home is in Israel. And Israel's a small country. If you've never been there, ever, ever looked at it on the map, uh, it's a small country. It's, it's about the size of New Jersey, the Garden State. And so their entire nation, you can drive in one day, you can drive from the top to the bottom, you can see all the sites and do everything. By the way, if you ever plan a trip to Israel, I really recommend you take two weeks, don't do one. A lot of the tour packages are gonna try to sell you five or seven days, don't do it, it's too much to see. You'll be like, why did I do this? I should have stayed another week or two. And so you wanna do that. So the second time that the Jews come back, it's in 1948. So the Jewish people and the nation of Israel, they've been dispossessed twice, they've come back to life twice. And in May 14th, 1948, the British mandate ended that owned that area of land and occupied it. And David Ben-Gurion, the leader of Israel, he, they declared their independence. And then on the same day, our president at the time, who was Harry Truman, Harry Truman actually put his stamp of appeal on it and recognized Israel as a nation again. And a lot of other nations followed suit. So Isaiah, 66 verse 8 actually talks about this that's going to happen and it shares a prophecy again the prophet Isaiah shares a prophecy about one day the whole nation is going to come back how would that be and so Isaiah 66 verse 8 says who has heard such a thing who has seen such things shall a land be born in one day shall a nation be brought forth in one moment for as soon as Zion was in labor she brought forth her children so in one day, in a moment, so May 13th, they weren't a nation. May 14th, boom, in one day, they're a nation. And Isaiah prophesied about this. Then it goes on, Matthew 24, let's jump back to what Jesus said. Jesus said, Matthew 24, verse 34, truly I say to you, this generation, this generation will not pass away until these things 
take place. This generation will not pass away. So Jesus is saying that the generation that sees the beginning of the end will see the end of the end. It's Jesus' words, it's not mine. So God told us from his perspective that the end started when he brought back the captives from the nations, of Jeru- from the nations to Jerusalem in 1948. The beginning of the end started on May 14th, 1948, when Israel became a nation for the second time. So the time clock started ticking, okay? Now, every generation has seen signs of the end times, right? Everybody's experienced famines and earthquakes and pestilences and wars and rumors of war. Every generation has had an evil person that's walked in the spirit of the Antichrist. Think of all the generations, the rise and fall of the different nations and leaders, and and there's been different figureheads that you would look at and say, that guy is the devil. That's an evil person. That's an evil leader, et cetera. By the way, when we're talking about different nations, we're talking about Persia, like I said, about China or Russia or, or, Russia or Iran, uh, we're not talking about the Iranian people. The Iranian people are beautiful. Russian people, some of my best friends are Russian. Russian people are beautiful people, okay? Um, we're not talking about the people, but there will rise a leader out of that area who will do many evil things, okay? And so, in fact, the fastest growing churches in the world is actually underground churches in China, in Iran, Jesus showing up in dreams to people and people getting saved by the thousands. I mean, just mind-blowing. So some of these nations where they're seeing their leaders rising up and doing really evil things, Jesus and his kindness, God and his kindness, has been holding back the wrath, holding back the great day of the Lord and giving them time to accept and to receive him. That's what he's doing. This is the age of grace. When Jesus was alive, they took him, they spit on him, they cursed him, they did all these things to him. Ever since Jesus died and rose again, people have still been using the name of Jesus as a curse word. Think about this. Why is it that when somebody curses, they use the name of Jesus, but nobody says the name of Buddha when they curse? Right? Nobody's going, oh, Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. You know, they don't stub their toe, go, ah, Muhammad, ah. You know, nobody does that, right? It's a curse word, right? People use that as a curse word because it's the name that's above every end of the name, and the God of this world, the devil, is trying to get that name to come down below so that he can establish his kingdom, but he's on a short lease. All right. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening.